I coach some of the biggest leaders in the world who can't get five things done in a day because they don't utilize the daily practices and the values. They're so far in their way, creating interference through ego. This is The Playbook. All right, we're excited. First question for today. When you talk about the levels of intention, what does that mean? Well, first of all, let me take a step back. Uh, I have uh, created a mathematical equation of luck. And the mathematical equation of luck is what we pay attention to and plus what we give intention to equals the coincidences in our lives. And that's why student of our calendar is so important and our calendar is so important is because we need to put things in the context of now, in the context of today. And I can't tell you how many people don't even look at the activity they have planned, let alone look at the activity they don't have planned, let alone look at what they're going to do for their recovery and access, meaning their sleep. They don't even look at it. So they don't even pay attention to the activities that they've been gifted with. They're present of the present. And without looking at the what, how are we going to get to the who, the how, and the now? And how are we going to apply the why? And so first, before we even get to levels of intention, I want people to think about how are you utilizing your time? How are you utilizing the activity that you put into this time? Do you look at your time? Do you look at the activity you have planned, don't have planned in your sleep? Do you look at the activity you get paid for and the activity you don't get paid for? If you are not even looking at it, how can you effectuate the mathematical equation of luck? Don't you want to join the community, the collective consciousness of lucky people? Well, you gotta start with paying attention to what you want, who you can inspire, who you can help, who can inspire you and who can can help you and how best to get it done. You will not get to the how unless you know what and pay attention to what. And so utilizing some sort of calendaring, some sort of repository of time for activity you have planned, activity you don't have planned in your sleep is essential. And I suggest you use lenses of productivity, uh, accessibility, and gratitude when you are at least looking at the what, the who, and the how. Now, the second step is intention. If you actually have coherence and remember to look at what you're doing during the day, these activities, now you have to put your intention in. And this is where so many of my coaching clients get confused. They'll get on and say, Dave, I'm doing everything you told me, everything I can. That's not enough. That's just the first level of intention. So you're at least paying attention to the activities, but you're just giving it a, a lower vibration, a lower frequency of action, the lowest that exists here in the pragmatic world of doing. And you can do things all day wrong, but if you're doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things, thinking the wrong things, believing the wrong things, and feeling the wrong things, you actually may be accelerating in the wrong direction or creating more resistance and feeling stuck. You got to do much more in the levels of intention than just do. The next level of intention, the higher frequency of action is sound. You got to speak it. You got to speak it with mantras. You have to speak it to other people. Everyone has heard we have to speak it into existence. The second level of intention is to say. So not only must you do what, who, and how, you must say what, who, and how as much as you can, as many times as you can, to as many people as you can, including
putting in the context of saying is asking. Actually asking in person, on the phone, via email, media, social media, traditional media, ask, ask, ask. It's not just what you do, it's what you say. The third level of intention, after we pay attention and focus in on the activities we have planned, don't have planned in our sleep, activities we get paid for, activities we don't get paid for, and we start doing them, saying them, now we have to elevate that frequency, that vibration to the level of thought. The speed of thought moves far faster than the speed of time, the speed of uh, sound, and the speed of action. You can't outrun time and you cannot outrun thought. You can't out uh, think, <laughs> you, you know, what you say will not move as fast as what you think. So we have to put ourselves in the right mindset in order to effectuate intention. We have to think the right thoughts. We have to use the cancel, clear, connect in order to effectuate clearing the interference between us and what already exists to allow it to come through us. So three of the levels of intention are what we do, what we say, and what we think but they have to be aligned with the what, the who, and the how. They have to be utilized in some sort of repository of activity. You're given 1,440 minutes of activity a day, 24 hours a day of activity. Are you paying attention to it? Are you giving it at least the three levels of intention of what you do, say, and think? The fourth level is one in studying you know, Earl Nightingale, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, of course, Napoleon Hill. It's the level that we have of awareness of how much we are working against ourselves with ego-based consciousness, and it's called belief. A higher level of thought is when we believe it, when we have a desire that we must be what we can think about, do about, and say about. The fourth level of intention is what we believe. At what level do you believe? How much interference do you have between you and the truth, your potential? At what level are you believing what you do, say, think, and believe? At what level? And in the pragmatic world, I know when someone truly believes because they guarantee what they do, say, think, and believe. They guarantee it. They can articulate a quantitative value to exceed what they're asking for in any business situation. They show up by their actions, their words, their thoughts, and their beliefs. When they tell you they're going to do something, they have ascertained all four of those and they are aligned with what they promise. Belief is a level of congruency with your promise. Promise to others and promise of faith promise of coherence, to remember what you promised and to do, say, think and believe what you promised. It's in congruency to that. Now, I live by those four levels of intention. I've utilized the mathematical uh, equation of luck. I want everyone to join that collective consciousness of lucky people. Uh, it's such a great world to live in. But just recently, over the last two years, the sorry about that, can you mute? Uh, but beyond that, the four levels of intention, most recently in the last couple of years, is a fifth level of intention. And the fifth level of intention is feeling, intuition. And this causes a great conflict because I meet so many people, coach so many people, trust so many people that 
they do the right things. They say the right things. They think the right things. They believe the right things, but it's in conflict with their energy, their, their intuition. And so they don't know how to reconcile that. They don't know how to reconcile the feeling. So many people have talked about emotions, how we feel, the energy in motion, whether it be the currency of money, which is an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. It's an emotion as well as faith, believing there's something bigger than you that loves you more than your mom loves you. We have to at least acknowledge, acquire the knowledge or raise our awareness to how we feel. When... I feel something that is not in alignment with what I'm doing, saying, thinking, and believing. When I feel something is not in, alliance, in alignment, I don't try to overanalyze it. I don't waste my time creating more resistance to it by trying to figure it out because logic works within the realm of thought. And I know that feeling is moving at a different frequency than thought, a higher frequency, a faster vibration. So what I do is stop. When I'm feeling something that's not aligned with what I'm doing, saying, thinking, and believing, I stop and I allow that feeling to align with, to create synergy, to create a supplementary energy to what I'm doing, saying, thinking, and believing. And I allow the adjustment to happen. If you can have the discipline and one of my great friends, Marshall Falk, always says, Dave, you either suffer from discipline or you suffer from regret. I will tell you, if you try to overcome, overwhelm, overachieve, if you try to go around, under, or through, lie to, manipulate, and cheat yourself by trying to figure out some feeling and misanalyze something that moves at such a speed and such a different frequency than thought, if you try to use logic to change the way you feel, you will fail, F-A-I-L, if you try to change the way you F-E-E-L. What you need to do is stop and breathe. Remind, remember, and recollect what you're connected to and through and allow the adjustment to occur in what you do, say, think, believe. That will align the feeling. So five levels of intention, which are completely worthless, if you haven't even paid attention to what you want, who you can inspire, who can inspire you, and how to get it done by being a student of time, a student of calendar. Don't just pay attention and look at it, which most people don't even do. And then they wonder why they get nothing done. But instead, not only pay attention to this repository of time, activity you have planned, don't have planned and sleep, activity you get paid for and you don't get paid for, but give it your five levels of intention. Work those five levels of intention seven days a week. Enjoy working those consistently every day. Enjoy doing it persistently without quit with the desire that you must be what you can be, pursuing your truth of what you do, say, think, believe and feel. And if you do that, I promise you, you will join an elite group of people, the lucky ones. This is a mathematical, quantifiable way to create the coincidences that you want in your life. And those who can create the coincidences that they want are considered lucky. Not the coincidences other people want from you, not the coincidences that you don't want, not the coincidences that are missing, 
but the coincidences that you want. Attention plus the five levels of intention equals coincidence. What a great question to round up the day, get us started, get us motivated so that we can clear the interference and become inspired. Let's bring up Blaine. Blaine, if you can please unmute yourself and then feel free to ask your question. Good morning. Uh, my question for David is, if you were teaching a class to every high schooler in America, what would you call it and what would you teach? I would teach uh, how to be happy class. And I would teach uh, four values, gratitude, which would give perspective to people, uh, empathy, which would give peace and forgiveness, accountability, which would give control, and effective communication, which would allow for the inspired actions of clearing the interference between the all-power omniscient and all-knowing and themselves, knowing that they're happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, and help them figure out what they're doing to interfere with their happiness. I would then teach five daily practices, uh, you know, every day uh, with coherence. So utilizing coherence, the ability to remember the five daily practices and actually to utilize them. And in that class of happiness, how to be happy, uh, how to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun in your life. I would teach them to look at their personal values, their experiential values, their giving and receiving values every single day, daily taking into consideration their intermediate and long-term objectives or milestones and adjusting accordingly every day by not being a hypocrite, by not worrying about changing their mind, by realizing that by changing my mind, I'm learning and growing and accelerating. I should not have FOPO, fear of other people's opinion, that I change my mind. This is an asset, not a liability. And I would teach them through knowing their what that they then can effectuate a connectivity of inspiration by inspiring others with their what and seeking help for those that can inspire them to achieve their what daily, taking into consideration the intermediate and long-term objectives and milestones. We've already beaten the dead horse of the how of being a student of the calendar, which I spent the first 15 minutes talking about attention plus intention equals the coincidences we want by studying the calendar and I would create and make sure there is systematically ways to cohere, to remember to be a student of our calendar and actually do it. I would teach prioritization, knowing your now. Prioritization is the antidote to procrastination. Procrastination is the greatest interference between your happiness and you, the ability to make money, help people and have fun. I would teach prioritization to utilize it as that antidote to procrastination, but also as an antidote to feeling overwhelmed. So many people today feel so overwhelmed. I feel blessed to be overwhelmed. It just means I got more than enough to do, more than enough places to go, more than enough people to talk to. It's just proving what I teach. There's more than enough of everything for everyone. But if we don't know how to prioritize, we can't take advantage of the overwhelmness, of the abundance, of the more than enoughness. And so prioritization would be a key component in the happiness class that I would teach. And then finally, utilizing the ability to understand passion, purpose, and profitability, to understand what most people waste sometimes their entire life in search of a why that they already have. We know our why. We need to apply our why. We need to remind ourselves through the what, the who, the how, and the now, what we are happy healthy, wealthy, and worthy, we need to figure out together, what are we doing to interfere with it daily? 
by utilizing, remembering these practices and remembering the values of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication in order to facilitate the aggregation, the acceleration, the compounding of what we want, who we can help, who can help us, how to best get it done, and doing it now. I coach some of the biggest leaders in the world who can't get five things done in a day because they don't utilize the daily practices and the values. They're so far in their way, creating interference through ego, a need to be right, a need to be separate, a need to be superior, a need to be inferior with an imposter syndrome, with a worthiness issue, a need to be angry and frustrated, a need to be guilty and resentful and offended. These are the leaders that are wasting our time, these talented individuals that if they just would utilize the values and the daily practices and become intelligent followers, that they would expand and accelerate far past what they think they have control of. I would absolutely teach a happiness course to help people make money, help more people and have more fun by utilizing these four values of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, and the five daily practices. I teach this every day. I'm more than happy to send these out for anyone. Look at my bio, get my email, david at dmelzer.com. I will send them to you. Utilize them, practice coherence. And if you just you know, have to start with one value, then start with gratitude and just say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. I got a 14-day gratitude challenge. Just start there. See at what strength level you are in coherence. Take something that takes 0.1 seconds a day and is free and see if you can say it for 14 straight days. I'll give you exercises to expand and expand on that so that you can accelerate the process. Coherence, learn through these values and daily practices how to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. All right, Jakey Bakey, bring on my boy, Frank. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Jake. Um, thank you, Clubhouse. And uh, especially thank you, David. Um, so little quick background and my question has to do with, with money. So um, those who don't know me, um, I'm a recovered heroin addict. I was addicted to heroin and opiates for over 17 years. Uh, lifetime of trauma, I got a, um, diagnosed with PTSD and bipolar and um, I overcame everything holistically. Um, it took me three years of relapsing before I got a year of sobriety. So um, one thing that I had to give up and, and, and was money because every time I touched it, I relapsed. But I finally got five years of sobriety and, and, and now it's time to um, up my money. I just found out my credit score is like 400. Um, I only got like 400 bucks in the bank. Um, where does one start with financial literacy? And, and um, wh where do I go? Not really about the credit, but how do I bring up cash? Because that's going to be the only way to, to really bring it up. Yeah, so many people, including I, uh, needed help with financial literacy. Imagine, you know, being a multimillionaire with access to everything and losing everything and realize the reason you lost everything is you weren't financially literate. You didn't know what you didn't know. You carried your life because of financial success and sales, thinking that you knew everything about finance. Just because you could sell and make a lot of money doesn't mean you understand financial literacy or how to create a legacy or how to build wealth, um, especially with the emotional aspects that are involved in the energy of money, the object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. And a lot of times we have 
not only uh, the pragmatic side to learn in financial literacy, but the emotional side, uh, just like eating. Uh, you know, any of these ego-based consciousness of survival, which money is definitely represented with, uh, we have difficulty with. And so, you know, I've created uh, a team of people to help with financial literacy with Hall of Fame running back Marshall Falk, who joins us on here and Tyree. Um, so please, anyone that needs help, not only with the pragmatic aspects, but the emotional aspects of the object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want, financial literacy, understanding the directions to get you to where you want to be, even if you have a 400 credit score and $400 in your account. I can't tell you how many people have $0 and zero credit scores and make it all back and more once they shift their paradigm and perspective and they ask for help from people that are already there. Um, and so in, in that abundant philosophy, though, um, you know, the, some of the things to look at you know, read and study Einstein, right? Compound interest is a key component of financial literacy, understanding the aggregate effect of money, not only the financial aggregate effect, but the emotional aggregate effect of paying attention and giving intention to making money and not just putting all your money in a certain prospective emotional uh, bucket and then wondering why you didn't win the lottery. Uh, so there's all these different tools and please reach out to me personally, david at dmelter.com, and we will give you a pragmatic program and an emotional program that will shift your entire perspective of abundance. Most people that don't have a lot, uh, don't have a lot because they're either living in a world of not enough, uh, where everything happens to them as a victim, or a world of just enough where they're buying things they don't need to impress people they don't like. And they need to shift that into a world that is not a zero sum game where if they receive someone else loses or it's a quid pro quo negotiation of you got to give to receive or some other sort of negotiation of scarcity and interference, but instead a value add game where everything that you receive Frank is adding on to the universe, you are appreciating and adding value with everything you receive you're acknowledging it by giving it away even losing it or getting it manipulated away or stolen from you. But the key component is you have faith of the more than enough that it's gonna refill a bigger vessel each time the process of appreciation, acknowledgement and asking takes place. And this is called the flow. The flow is where this emotional and pragmatic reconciliation occurs with the emotion, the energy emotion of what? Money the object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. We teach you to buy things to make you happy. Money won't buy you happiness. It won't buy you love, but it will allow you to shop. And we will teach you to shop for the right things for the right reasons and allow yourself to live in the world of more than enough in a value add universe, not a zero sum game. So reach out to me, David at dmelzer.com, Marshall Falk, Tyree, myself, we'd love to help you with this financial literacy. Uh, it was very embarrassing for me to realize as I was running the most notable sports agency in the world that I was financially illiterate. And that's why I lost over $100 million and went bankrupt years and years ago is because I did not ask for help. I did not realize or have the awareness of my own financial illiteracy. Great question. I appreciate your humility and vulnerability of you know, being and illuminating who you are and what you've done. This is a great step 
uh, in the success and happiness that you'll have. So thank you very much for being a part of this community as everyone else acknowledges that as well. So thank you. Um, I'm gonna take Jake another question online um, and then we'll bring up someone else. You have someone else in the waiting wings? Yes, Annette will be next here on Clubhouse. Perfect. Uh, so here's a question. When using the three no rule while closing, at what point do you stop asking open-ended questions and shift gears towards closing? Well, first of all, uh, three no rule is in a situation where you have a go, no go plan and you're at a step where somebody needs to give you a yes or a no. It doesn't need to be the close. It could just be a predetermined, aligned, agreed upon go, no go step. And I am a big uh, proponent, as everyone knows, of the go, no go plan because 80% of our time is not spent uh, selling. 80% of our time is managing and developing a vision. Uh, which creates and needs and requires a go, no go plan where each step of the way we continue to continue that alignment and agreement with a go, no go plan. So the three no rule is when we have an agreed upon date, time, et cetera, for either a step towards closing or the actual closing. And the three no rule says that I will adhere to what we agree upon. So let's say that we agreed upon having a phone call Tuesday at 3 p.m. and I forget. That's one no. See, I, I believe in the universal no. I believe everything happens to promote and protect me. And so I'm going to aggregate the five levels of intention of doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling things. And if I somehow forgot to call, that's a pretty big no. We reschedule to 3 p.m. on Friday. The other person has a flat tire. Boom. No. Now I got two no's. The third time we reschedule for Monday at 3 p.m. I call and the person tells me, you know what, this isn't a good time. That's the thir third no. When we get to a three no in the context of a go, no go plan, whether it's the intermediate context or the ending, the closing does not matter. On the third no, for whatever reason, universal no, whether it's your fault, their fault, your commitment, their commitment, whether it's an actual no, you know, not interested at this time or not interested at all. On the third no, I always have a transition statement of, hey, this is obviously not a good time. It's not the right place, time, emotion, or value. When you're ready, I'd love to accommodate anything that I can do to be of service. Let me know and walk away. Now, 50% of the time or so, and please, as always a caveat to you know my statistics, one of the only statistics I love is 99% of the statistics are made up. So somewhere in the middle, 50% uh, or so of the people will never call you back. 50% or so of the people will actually call you back and tell you that they wanna move on to the next step when you get to the third no and walk away. Now, I think the people that never call you back are more valuable than the people that call you back and you've been able to accelerate through the sales cycle, through the go, no-go plan further, because those people would have accelerated, would have continued on anyway. You've just acquired the quantitative value of acceleration that it happened faster. But the real value aligns in the consistent coherence of sticking to the three no rule, where now, the people who are never going to do the deal that don't call you back 
are not only not wasting your time, emotion, value, and money, but are also protecting you from other people with the same vibration, frequency, or community. We are utilizing every aspect to help our efficiency, our effectiveness, and statistical success. Utilizing the three no rule will help not only you stop asking open-ended open questions, but it will predetermine your success of closing because you will either accelerate the go-no-go -no -go plan by getting them to call you back quicker or to move to the next step quicker or never having any contact with them again, which saves so much more time, emotion, value, and money because most people spend 80% of their time on closed minds. And this isn't just professionally, it's personally. So I utilize you know, these pragmatic tools to figure out, am I feeding those people that feed me? Am I feeding the people that want to say yes? Am I feeding the people that are never gonna say yes? Using the great chain of feeding in the context of the three no rule will help either accelerate people to a yes or save you an enormous amount of time, emotion, value, and money by getting to a no quicker. I love the three no rule, love the context in which you asked. Thank you so much.